0: That's what you got to do to the world. she food and you with cheese and good food. We'll mood and you're of Seasonal bounty and we're keeping it fresh. Seasonal bounty, got the scoop on what's best to eat right now.
1: For me. Greetings and happy new year to my beloved Seasonal Bounty listeners, it's Cameron Davies back with the second bonus episode of this Christmas New Year break period we are on at the moment. Now, like all bonus episodes, this is not some esoteric strange thing that you have to do just to be normal like you see on some of those absolute rubbish television shows. No, this one is a little different to other bonus episodes I've done in the past. It is just a different point of view that I've gained by having access to a wide variety of opinions and um, views on things. Now some of those views come from people in my life or were in my life such as my darling maternal grandmother Vita, who was the original seasonal eater. That gave me the motivation to start Seasonal eating, so I could see the benefit of Seasonal Eating through her example. Another one of those points of view in my life is also an elder gentleman um, by the name of Alan. Now, I've been doing uh, volunteer work with the Red Cross for the last two years now, which involves calling an older gentleman once a week. Alan was chosen for me two years ago and so I've spoken to him every week for two years now and we have become quite close friends. Sure, he's more than well over twice my age, but that's far from the point. We just we just want to have a talk and discuss things, and we have plenty to talk about. And it's really good. And I am so proud to be Elsa. So that I share Alan as a friend is a really precious thing to me. And we always say we talk about everything. Well, in the last week or two, we've been speaking about uh, mangoes and apples. <laughs> okay. Now, what I want to talk about in this show is about some of the problems that can be caused by corporations in the food business now look i'm not going to pretend i'm some kind of fairy who thinks that you know just because it's a multi-billion dollar business that there's not going to be big companies involved look you know it is a huge market and even just small segments of it can be quite multi-billion dollar in their size so you will see that lots of corporations are going around trying to secure their piece of the action And this is where the problem starts is when they try to distort the marketplace and create a monopoly for themselves that there is a distortion to what is delivered to the customer that become a problem for you and I. And probably the best example of this is one that has been well publicized. And while I haven't done research for this particular production, I know that there is a lot of reporting on ABC about it and other news sources as well available on the Internet. And the company is Monsanto. Now, Monsanto is famous for very two particular parts of its business. First, it is the largest seed supplier to the agricultural industry worldwide. Secondly, it has the biggest-selling herbicidal chemical, which is Roundup. Which we've all heard of Roundup because it's that common. That's how common it is. It's well-known. Now, I'm not going to pretend to know what happens exactly at the board meetings, but I think it's safe to presume that they were sitting there one time at a board meeting thinking, oh, man, I can see how we can improve the efficiency of our industry. And when they say improve the efficiency of our industry, they're simply saying improve our monopoly hold on the industry. Because what was suggested that let's genetically modify our seed stock for these seeds for things like wheat and soybeans and uh, barley and oats so that they are immune to the effects of roundup and two that they do not reproduce new seeds because their dna is now our copyright so for the if the plant was left to grow its own seeds that would be copyright infringement which sounds stupid because it is bloody stupid but that's how it is so what they ended up with was what farmers ended up with was a buying seeds from this big company that whereas usually a farmer would generally allow about 10 percent of their their plantings to fertilize so they could use them for seed stock for the next planting now you can't do this with monsanto because they're not genetically able to but if you are having any um, herbicide issues, no problem, just pump more Roundup at it because you can spray as much Roundup as you want. It won't hurt the plant. But Roundup is a Nicobate um, poison which is particularly noxious to insects. Now, with this move to try and corner themselves into a very hefty slice of the world market, we'd um, say, where is the incentive for for Monsanto to actually check that their products are doing what they're supposed to do from a customer point of view. And so there is no, no incentive. There is less than no incentive because if they went and had a look at it and found that they would either way, they'd have to end up selling less of their product, which is not what they want. Now, that is one very large worldwide example. Um, and you might think, well, Australia's immune to that. But no, look, we have plenty of huge food markets here in Australia and plenty of room to play in them. And this area was highlighted through me, through my work in gathering market updates for you guys. When I was looking at, um, and then also in conjunction with that, um, watching a television show called Gruen. Now Gruen's a curious kind of television show. It's a social analysis of the capitalist society that we live in. Not done by sociologists or even psychologists, but done by advertising people or super capitalists I guess you call them because they're kind of extraneously their work is to analyze society so I guess that kind of qualifies and and they do at times say some interesting things but they're not entirely accurate or not entirely qualified to talk about those things in my opinion and so the most overwhelmed by their love of advertising on that whole panel is Russell Howcroft the gentleman with the short beard now, Russell will always tell you how much he loves an ad, even if it's just the most stupidest ad you say. He will to tell you how good it is. And so he was saying how good it was to see that summer has arrived. And how did he know that summer had arrived? Not because he looked at a calendar, no, because there are mangoes available. Particularly the copyright branded Calypso mango was available. Inputs to this show was my maternal grandmother, Vita who was the original season-leading grandma, she was always like, ah, what are you doing buying a mango in November, Cameron? You don't buy a mango till Christmas because it has to be a hot summer before they're ready to eat. So I always do get a little bit um, nervous when I see mangoes available in November, and you would have heard me say that last year that they're coming out. But then to see them this year in October, I was like, oh, this is almost insane, but, they are quite large and pretty cheap price, so I better check out what they're like to give you analysis of them. And those of you listening will pretty much remember my analysis because it wasn't exactly friendly as hell. It went along to something. This doesn't taste like a mango. This tastes more like an orange. And on top of that, the texture of it is just weird. It's not that smooth stickiness of a mango. It's like uh, that powdery dryness of it that pears get sometimes. And, it's, and at the end of the day, if you like mangoes that are sweet, sticky and tropical, do not buy the Clipso because yes, it is big and it is cheap, but you will not be happy with what you're getting. It won't keep you satisfied. And this is an example of this whole thing where the company is, that owns the copyright of mango has tried to move towards a monopoly situation. And how do they, what is this? Well, they've gone, well, okay, look, if we can release a mango in October, there will be no other mangoes available. Therefore, we will be the only mango in the market. And we will take them to town on this one. But they only thought as far as their, their monopoly. They didn't think as far as what do customers want from a mango. Because they, if they give given the Calypso mango to a couple of customers, I'm pretty sure they would have found that, oh my God, they're not going to buy this mango because it's not the right mango. And the, I can tell you that that Calypso mango, which I reviewed with you in October, was the only Calypso mango I have bought and will ever buy to be honest with you because I know that is not the mango I want. I want that sticky goodness of a Kensington Pride that comes out in mid to late December because that has had a month of full North Far North Queensland sunshine which is what it needs to have that sticky tropical sweetness that we all love about mangoes and tell us that summer has arrived. Now there are other, like I said, there are different just segments of the marketplace are huge. Okay, another area that this is particularly prone to is with apples. Now you go into a supermarket at the moment, and just just by the floor space devoted to it in the fruit and vegetable section, you'd have to say that Pink Ladies are by far the most popular apple. But for, Pink Ladies weren't around forever, no. In speaking to Alan, I said, look, I don't, I recommend they come around mid-90s. He said, look, for my mind, no no sooner than the millennium. So they've only been around for 20 years. But if you look at how much floor space is devoted to them in a supermarket, you would have to say they are most likely the most popular apple by a mile because they're given the most floor space of any of the apples. And in the meantime, new apples varieties have come out and they've given in the last three years, two years, I can think of at least three. There's the Jazz the gala and oh god I forget the other one but anyway what they all have in common they're all sweet why were they all sweet because they wanted to be the next pink lady but duh we've already got a pink lady again what's happened the company's only thought as far as their monopoly not as far as the customer because if they'd asked the customer they would have got the answer that I got by talking to people And that is we would like the crisp tartness of a pink lady of a granny smith with some other variation to it. So that would give them a good idea of what they could do by actually talking to their customers instead of trying to monopolize them and put them into a corner. Okay, now the other thing about apples, and there's one little bit of vocabulary I wanted to get out to you, that is apples, unlike mangoes, you can't grow them from the seeds. So if you eat a particularly delicious apple and you think that is the best apple I've ever eaten, those five seeds in the middle, I'm gonna grow five plants from those, guess what? That, that apple seed is what they call homozygotic. Worth looking it up, it's quite curious, I and mean, it's a bit hard to understand exactly, but each of those five seeds will grow a completely different tree with a completely different fruit. And I think this starts from the fact that if um, farmers want to get a new apple tree, what they generally do is they graft a leaf stock or a, a branch stock onto a different stronger rootstock which causes the genetic chaos which means that the seeds that come out of that apple are not going to be reliable but i have heard that um heritage apple breeds will give you what you what it says on the packet so there you go it shows that it's a more modern thing and this is not my exact technical perfect understanding but my best approximation of what i could understand was that So it is caused a bit by this mix-up they get of grafting um, stem stock onto roots, different root stock. So that's all I could say about that at the moment, um, apart from that. But look, part of your keeping your eye on what's happening in the food world should be part of your seasonal bounty experience because all the information I've reported to you in this episode, I've reported it to you earlier on episodes. So mm -hmm. Uh, until then, Happy New Year. Thank you so much for your time. We'll be back um, in just uh, the 6th of January with our return to the our weekly oversight of what's happening in the Victorian food marketplace. So, Happy New Year, and um, I look forward to speaking to you then. Stay fresh.
0: That's what you got to do to the world. good, food. good food. you